Welcome to Well Played, a podcast on all things playful and joyous. Well Played's goal is to have conversations to help educators see and understand the power of play by making learning immersive and fun. This is Well Played's 11th episode today, and I'm joined with an old friend, Nick, who has been on the show before. Uh, we're going to be talking about the big concept of onboarding at the start of your game. It's an important step not to be overlooked. Uh, let's reintroduce ourselves a little bit. Nick? Yeah, I'm a teacher at uh, Wilson Mill School in Iowa. Uh, I teach sixth grade genius hour and uh, looking forward to this podcast. Awesome. It's great having you on, Nick. Uh, once again, I'm Michael Matera. I absolutely love talking really anything playful. We're talking gamification, uh, game-based learning, or just playing board games, uh, even even some video games here and there, I'll, I will admit. So let's, uh, without further ado, let's get this started. Uh, maybe we should start with kind of your definition, my definition of what onboarding is. That's a video game term. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so my definition of onboarding is like that hook that gets kids like curious about the game and you know thinking about what is actually happening like this is different from any other class that I've had and you know just uh what does this all mean for me as a student as a learner and um what is this craziness that's about to happen to me (laughs) uh that's pretty close to my definition so onboarding for me uh what Onboarding is how to get somebody into the game and understand how the game works and hopefully inspire them to move on. Um, I think this idea of onboarding is kind of really relevant to us as educators because we have to get kids to understand their work and then like they go home and do that work if, the, if we give homework or if you have projects, like how do we streamline that project so that they understand it. Um, and these video game designers have this skill down, this idea of onboarding, because uh, they have to build a video game, give it to you, and not be in the room with you, right? Like you, you have to be able to load this video game up and understand the the physics of the game, like what you can and cannot do in the game. And if you think back to some of the video games you may have played, they do a really good job of doing this. They don't do it with a bunch of rules, right? You don't, I do not know a single kid that like opened a manual for a video game before they just loaded it up, right? Because they know that the, those first few levels are going to be a little easier and they're going to teach you what you can and cannot do. They're going to put some objects that are out of reach that you can't jump to. And you're going to learn that I can't jump that far, but I can grab a crate and slide a crate over and then I can jump on the crate And then I can jump that high, right? So like you're learning some of the can and cannots. Um, You'll probably get an item early on, so you'll learn the buttons for how to use an item. You'll learn how to like destroy some of the enemies or open doors or whatever. You learn all these various processes, but you learn it by doing. Uh, And the whole idea is that you kind of, you get equipped early on in the game with everything you need to know to sort of play the game. And then from there, we'll have increased difficulty, more powerful items, but more powerful bosses, all these various things that get more and more challenging. But but the core of the game really works the same at the end of the game as it did in that first level. 
things just got bigger and more complicated, but it really was at the heart the same. And I think that that's onboarding in a nutshell. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, uh, you know, as far as um, my game goes, like they're trying to explore the city first, like getting familiar with the city of the world of factions is the name of my game. So they're just kind of doing that exploration phase that uh, that you were talking about, getting that easy first steps and trying to build upon uh, their items and their skills in the beginning. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> when we talk about onboarding our games in our classrooms, um, I think it will look different for different teachers. I think it depends the length of their game. Obviously, if you have like a two-week unit, you're going to spend less time onboarding because you only have them for two weeks. But uh, I think it's really critical that we all do the onboarding process, even in a two-week game. Like, it pays off. It brings them into that immersive experience if you take time to let them, like, build a faction flag or whatever, you know, whatever the teams may be. You know, let them bond a little bit as teams, get excited about their team, uh, explore a little bit what the game has to offer. Um, I think that's important no matter the length of the game. I was not always really that great at onboarding. <laughs> I'll be honest, I used mystery as a big factor in my onboarding. Like, I only taught them just what they needed to know for that day and just kind of hoped that the excitement of the game and the possibilities of what's around the corner would be motivation enough. Um, I've learned that that's, that was, I was successful with that, but it is better to have some intentional onboarding if you want them to really get excited about what they can do and really feel like drivers of the game as opposed to just passengers of the game. I agree. And I think like, you know, some of the pitfalls could be like making it too confusing, too complex and then, or too hands off. And I think like kids would kind of not get involved into your game right away. So I think that it's, it's, it's a good idea to kind of build that experience and slowly and then kids eventually get on board um, just because if, it, if it's too complex, too confusing in the beginning, I think that kids will bow out of your game and then you're like, what? What do I do now? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's really good advice about not overcomplicating it, and I can be just as guilty of that. I get all excited about possible mechanics I can throw at them, challenges I can throw at them, but we have to remember that this is that first level of that video game, right? This is that first moment where, you know, we're just teaching them how high they can jump, right, in, in the video game analogy. So I think keeping the mechanics low... Uh, but at the core, what are the most important things to know about your game? So this past year, I did a better job onboarding, um, and I kind of applied more theme to it. So when they first go to my Realm of Nobles website, it wasn't the, the normal Realm of Nobles. It's like a training camp that they have to get through as an entire house, which is my name for the the whole period. So their whole house had to work through these challenges and there was, I think, eight of them. And the eight challenges coincided with uh, 
some of the rules of the classroom, some of the rules of the game, as well as my purpose-driven learning words that I use. So I was really trying to like teach them each lesson something that they were, that I was going to be talking with them about, like resiliency. Um, I still remember how <laughs> I taught resiliency to them. That was possibly not my best teaching moment, Nick. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. So I mean, I have these ten action-oriented words called purpose-driven learning, things like focus, you know, um, empathy, and for this one that I want to tell you about was uh, resiliency. And so I was like, how can I teach them resiliency? I'm like, I have to have them fail. So I had them do one of these build challenges. And they were building with these Kapla blocks, these Jenga-like blocks. And then I was halfway through their build. They have to build this tower for like defense that was the storyline that we were getting attacked. And it really was just a team-building activity. It didn't really matter what they built. And then I was walking around with a golf club and I would just like knock over their towers and they're like, what are you doing? We got to start over. And I'm like, well, remember I told you that this activity is about resiliency and like things are going to happen and you're going to have to, you know, start from scratch. And then I'd like, I mean, the kids were laughing and having a good time, but where it backfired was the rest of the year. Anytime they did a build challenge, they looked at me like I was going to knock it over. And I'm like, no guys, it was just, it was just to teach you resiliency that one day. Just that one time. Just that one time, but even like, in the fourth quarter last week when we did a build challenge, kids were like huddled over their work like I was going to knock it over. <laughs> I think they did it half to ham it up with me, but yeah, nonetheless, uh, I, that's part of my onboarding process is this like going through these 10 action-oriented words and trying to have a activity associated with it. Kind of get through some of the normal school stuff, but do it in a little more thematic, fun way and teach them, teach them some of the the processes that we're going to go through make definitely make sure they understand XP um, and how to gain XP. Uh, and again, XP stands for experience points, which is, I think it for both Nick and I, kind of a core mechanic um, as that sort of determines how you level up and all these other things. So um, I tried to get out there really early how they can gain XP for me. They can only gain it in two ways typically. And that is, in-class activities, so a big activity day, like these build challenges, are high XP days. If I see you're working as a team, whatever soft skill I want to insert. Then the other way is through side quests, these online activities that are posted, and then they can go create something. So right away, on this like panel of things that they have to move through as a class, on the bottom corner, there's two posted quests that just say optional and at the time, like, I don't really stress why you'd want to do that. And I hope, here's where I hope just, like, word of mouth takes over. That mm. some kid's going to turn one in and all of a sudden they're going to see their name pop away at the top of the leaderboard because they're going to be 300 points higher than everybody else because they're the only ones that did the side quest. And it will become kind of a natural learning moment. And then others can do that, so it doesn't, it doesn't ruin the game. It, it just inspires action. Yeah, no, I love that process. Um, kind of mine is very similar. Uh, basically, day one, they come in, and I got, like, music playing, the lighting is low. I show, like, this trailer yeah. that I made. And, um, and then kids, you know, I show the trailer, 
And, you know, it's this pump up, getting them inspired, getting them, you know, asking questions about what is this adventure that we're going on. And then I go into uh, this like slideshow and I'm like playing to the music, like my voice is deep and I'm like reading this script that I created that, you know, telling them about this adventure that they're going to go on, what they're going to, you know, maybe see and do. And then um, like what kind of what is the first step? And the first step is to, you know, start with a breakout EDU. And so they dive right into a breakout EDU. And then they're trying to solve this, uh, this box that's at the front of the room that uh, has the key to the world of factions, which is the a link to my website. And once when they get in there, uh, they type in the link and then they go into um, exploring the city and exploring the city. It's like eight challenges where they first start out with like making an avatar. So what is their identity within the game? Then they have to take that avatar and put it into a trading card. And then they're reading through the rules and then they have to read the rules and then send me an email um, saying, you know, some stuff about them, what they like to do and getting to know the students a little bit better. Uh, and then right after that, it's like this build challenge that they have to, to solve. And that's over a course of a few days that they're, they're going through this onboarding process. Um, and I think like, I mean, the feedback that I've gotten from kids that, this is like no other class that I've been a part of, uh, <laughs> you know, like asking questions outside of class. And like, when I see them in the hallway, they're like, Oh, I think I know who the divergent is. And they have to figure out who the divergent is in my, in my game. And, and I'm like, how do you know that so far? You, you've gotten zero clues on. Who <laughs> and cause they're 11. That's, that's why they know. Yeah. And and even teachers are coming up to me like, so what's this divergent thing that you're doing? And you know, I kind of talk to them about the the game, and they're they're curious themselves, like how can I introduce this into my class? And I could sit there and talk to them for days. <laughs> yeah. So, and then I get some looks like, oh, okay, uh, I. I'm, I'm intrigued. So um, it's just, I think it's just a whole big like process that that kids are just not familiar with and they want to be a part of. And yeah. like, what is your legacy going to be in my class that day? And this adventure that we're going to go on is second to none. So. Yeah, that's really, I mean, a great way to put it that, you know, we're, when you have a gamified unit or a gamified course like ours, uh, you're really changing the game of school, right? So everyone has to take a moment and sort of recalibrate both their expectations and uh, the expectations of themselves and expectations of what they need to do in the course. Um, and I think that this is one of the greater powers of gamification 
because the game of school isn't really well designed. And so now we're we're recalibrating that to to maximize teamwork, to maximize, you know, some of their their own internal drive uh, and get them exposed to, especially in your case, get them exposed to different tools and different activities, you know, that hopefully translates into a lifelong passion. But but at first we got to get them into the game. And and this this breakdown of old school versus this new school that we're creating forces them to do that in a natural way, right? As opposed to me just saying, guys, let's try new tools, right? There's a difference when you wrap it into the game, when you're like, we have to go like discover this new thing, this new area, this new quadrant, this new district, whatever. When you wrap it into your theme, they're a lot more willing and accepting of breaking down old school and basically learning new tools, right? Doing yeah. doing school the way we'd want them to do it, but like we we've sort of wrapped it up in a way uh, that that gives them permission to to act in a different way, to try a different way, to look at it a different way. Uh, but that's why it's so important that we take this onboarding step, right? That we we make people feel comfortable along the way. We let them know that failure is an option with inside a gamified course. Um, that we we sort of reward the risk of going out there and trying something new, right? So kids see that that's that's encouraged and and something that our teacher wants us to do, right? Uh, so this onboarding process, I think, is critical and something that we need to make sure we do and do well. Uh, every year, I've sort of tweaked mine. This coming year, what I want to do in my onboarding process. Um, so if you've ever been to any one of my sessions or PD, you know that I absolutely love the game Zelda, especially the original Zelda from NES. And I think it's a great example of onboarding as well. You start the game and you you have nothing. You don't have a sword. You can't do anything. And there are three paths you can go on. And then there's this little door you could go to. If you go on any of the paths, you, you find your way into the world. And you don't have a weapon. And you like bump into things and you slowly die. If you would have gone into that black door, right away there's this like wizard that hands you your first sword. It's not a good sword. You're definitely going to want to replace it. But right away, I didn't do anything for the sword. Right, I didn't have to beat a boss. And I, I think this is something I, I want to remind myself sometimes the teacher in me takes over and I want everything to be like hard level earned like you can only get this if you if you basically did an A level project I will reward you with an item but in the onboarding process you almost have to think the other way like what can you give away right away that they feel empowered you know make them do something little like I had to go into that black door as opposed to going somewhere else but I want to have kids leave my training camp this past year they left but they didn't get any items for it they just sort of knew how the game worked and then they played the game which typically meant you had to do a level work to get an item (laughs) yeah yeah. uh i want i really want to come up with this summer maybe nine i'm thinking nine ten new items that are really low level not super cool most of them i think are going to be like one-time use so you're gonna have to think about when you want to use them but I want them to come out of that training camp feeling a little empowered and a little unique. So I was I was thinking if I could come up with nine or ten items and letting everybody sort of choose which combinations they want 
and maybe they'd maybe they'd leave training camp with let's say three items, uh, but everybody would have kind of their unique twist based on the combinations. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I would be more living up to the onboarding that you see in sort of video games. They'd both teach you the physics, the rules, but also empower you a little bit with with some early success. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like when I first tried the onboarding, I was kind of like that. That I they came in, they solved the the how to get into my game, but then they didn't get any items for it. And so I kind of changed that the second time that uh, I did the onboarding process. And I gave them like, I think it's a flush the system, like a, you know, an item allows them to go use the the restroom. That's an Uh, awesome title, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) The portal is their, their locker. And so I gave them, locker pass which limited amount of times that they can go to the locker and and so kids are like i don't go to my locker but then um so eventually you know i built that into the game where uh you know i hid stuff in their locker and like a clue and so eventually they were able to like oh yeah i need to go to my locker and the kids that had that item it kind of you know, allow them to lay that item down and go use the, uh, go, go to the locker. And so, uh, and that was a huge success. Like kids at first were like, uh, locker, yeah, whatever. But eventually, uh, they got to use that item. And, and, uh, and so I think, yeah, right away, giving them, them that low, uh, item that, you know, that allows them to be a little bit more flexible. I I just think that that helps the onboarding process when they like a, when they feel like they've gotten something. And I I definitely don't want people to think that gamification is just about handing stuff out. It's not. But like I hope you hear that it's this empowerment of of the player you're giving. It's almost like another version of Avatar. Uh, you know, allowing the player to select who they become within the game. So giving them the choice of these nine items, ten items, will allow a player to feel individualized within the game, right? They that they think this is the best combination. It'll give people that are more socializers, that like to work in groups, it'll give them a reason to like talk amongst their group and say, let's calculate out which items we as a group should get to help each other out, Right. Uh, I love Nick's idea of bringing the lockers into the game a little bit. Uh, you definitely, I jotted a note down when you were talking to try to think about how I can add, I mean, I have a locker pass, but that's it. But like, I don't have the locker as a function of the game. And there's something, there's something to be had there. I don't, I don't know off the top of my head, but there's, there's something to be had with using the lockers within the game. I think that would be a really cool um, thing to do, but I, I'm going to have to mull that over about how. Yeah. Uh, but all in all, it sounds like you had greater success when you you gave them that sort of sense of empowerment right away. Oh, for sure. Uh, you know, they like I said, they they were kind of, what am I going to use this for? at first, but then eventually, you know, like kids, they're like, they like stuff, right? So they sure do. (laughs) uh, And, you know, I think kind of 
in the beginning, it satisfied them in terms of, you know, the saps, like having stuff and, and access and them being able to, you know, feel a little bit of empowerment different from any other, you know, student that may not have that item and the kids are able like, you know, to keep that item and use it when they want. And that is not like me saying, no, you can't use the restroom now or you can't um, go to your locker. Uh, so they get that sense of empowerment right away. And I think that's key uh, to any class. Yeah. What, what do you think is the difference between intentional game onboarding versus onboarding into a class, like a normal teacher class setup? Well, you just think of, you know, any class, normal class, it's here are the, the rules of my class, here's the expectations, and, and kids are kind of like, they hear that, you know, they have seven periods a day, they hear that with every class. And Ugh. Uh, with yeah, like <laughs> let's just how am I going to keep this all track? Uh, you know, keep this all together in terms of if there's different rules in different classes, and it's just like I'm boring after a while. But um, once when they see that m my class is different, they're like intrigued right away, and and they're like willing to do a little bit more for you because you know you have this different different class this curiosity that uh kids have built into them that they you know they may have lost over the course of school and i think that it's important to kind of relight that flame of curiosity and being able to uh, do something different and be involved in the game. Yeah, I always, I always think about, I don't know if you saw it on Facebook. I mean, it seems to be posted every year. There's a picture of like this little kid going to first or second grade. I don't know, maybe third grade. Cute little kid where his backpack's, you know, like bigger than him. And it's like first day of school and he's got this big smile and, you know, like, looking good, well-dressed, and then, like, second day of school, take a photo in, like, basically the same spot in the parking lot, and his bag looks, like, heavy, where before he was, like, holding it with pride. Now it looks, like, heavy, his shirt's untucked, and his, like, he just got a frowny face because first day was just a million rules, you know, thrown at him. It's not very inspiring. So... I think how how can we take that kid that came to school that first day with such pride and enthusiasm of the you know challenges that lie ahead how can we how can we keep that flame alive throughout the year and I think gamification is one of those ways you know uh and I think onboarding makes that kid as you say come the next day intrigued you know they they come to that second day still with with hope for what's what's to come mhm-. Mm has your daughter ever asked you, like, can I play your game? Because, and I say that because my daughter is like, I want to play the world of factions because she sees me, you know, working on it all the time and like coming up with all these different ideas. And I even involve my daughter into 
Nice. That's great. My game. Um, um, my, da- my daughter has definitely asked about playing Realm of Nobles, and she asks all the time if when she gets in sixth grade, will she have me as a teacher? And at, at my school, that's for sure, because I am the only sixth grade world history teacher, which she doesn't get yet because she's still in lower school, which, you know, there's like three or four first grade teachers, three or four, you know, second grade teachers, and you only get one of them. So she keeps thinking, well, I might not have you. And I'm like, no, 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 you will, guaranteed. She's, and then, she, you know, she'll just be like, I just want to be in sixth grade now. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean... That's pretty exciting too to hear uh, about that. That excitement trickles down below, you know, and that that might be another whole episode of uh, well played. Is just the the power of that word of mouth and what that does to the school and to the students in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is it is that time that we need to chat a little bit about this quote that we have. So this quote comes from Mary Pickford, who's a Canadian film producer and actress from the early era of Hollywood, uh, born in the late 1800s, died in 1979. Uh, and she has a great quote here. So here, I think it pertains to today and definitely to gamification. It, it goes, you may have a fresh start any moment you choose for this thing that we call failure is not the falling down but it is the staying down. How do you feel about this quote and what we're talking about today? Um, I think just from like any video game um, or any game in general, like even within my game, that, you know, not everything's going to be perfect and that it is okay to change it up whenever you feel like, you know, that you need something changed within your classroom. Like I've, um, you know, come up with a plan, didn't work, and then tried something different. And that's the beauty of gamification is that you can change the narrative any, at any time, any class, um, and that, you know, things come up. And that's, you know, it's the idea of responding in a, a video game and um, being able to try that new adventure and that it's okay to fail, you're going to respond and you're going to try something different. And that is, you know, exactly what gamification is, is that just trying it, see if it works, doesn't, change the narrative, do it again and see what, what, what happens. And, Kids are like, oh yeah, this is just like any any game that I played, and so it just happens. So and it's okay that uh, things fail and try it again. I love Nick that you took the quote and really talked about how the student, or I mean, how the teacher at any point can sort of choose a new narrative and change the game, and that nothing for the from the teacher's end of designing the game is a failure, right? It's just repackage it, retheme it, change it, reframe it, uh, and continue on. Because um, when I read the quote, I definitely was thinking from the student sense. But I, I, wow, is that a good quote for us teachers as we go gamify our classrooms? 
Uh, and there is this trepidation of, you know, am I going to get it right? Uh, what if kids don't respond to like, well, then change it. You know, like, wow, that's that's a great way to take that. I, I took it just from the student end of point end of things where a game creates a risk-rich environment where students can can fail, but then they have that opportunity for growth and to get up again uh, like any video game. So uh, I think it works on both levels, but mm-hmm. um, very powerful quote for the teachers. So thanks for sharing that, that angle. Yep. Uh, th- once again, Nick, thanks for onboarding us into this concept and your game. Uh, it was truly a pleasure. Yeah, thank you, Michael. I appreciate you having me on again, and I look forward to many more podcasts, and I hope you keep them coming because whenever I go for a walk, this is what I listen to. I nice. Just, I love it. and keeps me motivated to, to walk more. So. <laughs> it's a twofold benefit there. Yep. Uh, well, for everybody else, as always, stay connected. Share your ideas with us on explorelikeapirate.com. Our hashtag is wellplayedyou, or you can go on wellplayedyou.com. Hoping you are playing well. Check out the show notes for more details and resources. Enjoy your week and play on.